I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and it is time to mega preview. Not, not a little preview, a mega preview. <laughs> Patrick McDonald, not only here. Patrick McDonald is there. Boots on the ground this week. Hello, sir. What's going on, fellas? Yep, boots on the ground, but I am feeling a little naked. I don't have the green screen behind me today, uh, so people are getting a little peek into my life and uh, this window. <laughs> it's it's one window, one floor lamp, and two unhung pictures. Well, you got a good eye. You got a good eye there, Rick. <laughs> yeah, we need we need we need to work on this. Rick and I need to get out there and do some work. Yeah, I, I just moved. You know, I need help. Mm-hmm. I need help. Tough scene. Uh, how is Congaree, Patrick? Uh, it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. It's absolutely in the middle of nowhere. I think a lot of people are either staying in Savannah or Hilton head, uh, some Charleston as well. So it's all like an hour ish to get there. Just, just an unbelievable golf course put in the middle of nowhere. It used to be a rice plantation, I guess I had a pretty crazy, uh, driver to, to the media center today. He was telling me all about it, but the course itself is unbelievable i have nothing but like the highest of praise for it some of the bunkers are crazy dramatic and it's really cold this week in the charleston area i think on thursday it might be around 40 degrees when these guys tee off so you're gonna have to hit it far i think driving distance is mega key this week at congaree uh kyle porter is here hello kyle so, uh, give us a hello so that people know your voice yep hey How's it going? Okay. I don't have the, the <laughs> static sound, so I think we're good. We are so far so good. Uh, Kyle, you know the one thing that I hate about golf? This is the thing I hate the most, especially about televised golf. Uh, the cameras flatten a lot of these golf courses. Patrick talking about uh, dramatic bunkers. We've seen that at Augusta National from like – it just – 
it cameras tend to make the course look a lot more flat than it actually is. And I don't think that we get a full representation of what's actually going on out there. I agree. I mean, I was going back through. So right now, this is the time of the year where I go back through all the old, just everything that happened this year. And Rick, I came upon this tweet that showed uh, what's the, what's the uh, par five at Tory 13. I was literally just describing to Patrick that I don't know the numbers there because they flipped the nines. So now I'm so confused on what the actual numbers are. So the par three at Tory, describe it to me because that's the only way I can get it now. I think it's it's either 12 or 13. It's 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 the one that goes way down and then goes all the way back up. 10, 11's the par three. 12 comes, to, yeah, thir- 13 where, right, there's a bowl down at the bottom and then you got to hit up very... Yes. yes, so there was a camera angle during the, the Farmers this year that showed, I can't remember who it was, maybe Rom or somebody had like a downhill lie on that par five. And even that, I, I don't know if it did it justice, but there, there, I think there are ways to show some of that stuff. We saw this at, uh, uh, Kiowa, some of the, some of the green surrounds there at Kiowa were <laughs> absurd, like nothing you want any part of, uh, as a non-professional golfer. So all that to say, like, I completely agree with the take. I think it's one of the, like, if, if all you've ever done is watch golf on TV, haven't been to a tournament. It's one of the things that will, people always say that about Augusta national, but it's, it's one of the things that I think will shock you the most about a lot of different places that you go to, to, to watch professional golf. Uh, I've been at the bottom of that hill on 13. So you have, it's like 130 your first yards. Shot? <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> Probably my fifth, <laughs> but, but it's like 130 yards, but it plays uphill. So you play it like it's 170, but I yeah. don't have a club. I can hit high enough nor that's, far enough to make it happen. Yeah. That's rough. I don't, yeah. You don't, <laughs> what do you do? Do you putt it? Put it up the hill. You got to put uh, it up the hill. <laughs> Yeah, I think I just blew it like I don't know. I just like banged it into the hill like dead on and hoped it stayed up there. You yeah. gotta hit you it got- sideways back to like eleven so that you can have an angle in. <laughs> Super off topic. Remember during the US Open there when that guy just came out of the yes. crowd and started that was playing the hole. on that? That hole. was the yeah. hole. Yeah. I was on that hole when that happened and it was like the whole thing was all I remember is Rich Beam Instagramming it. I don't know why I remember Rich, that part of Rich it. Rich Beam broke the news. Yeah. <laughs> did, it was he did was he the one that broke it? Yeah. Okay, or was the first one to upload it? Yeah. <laughs> the dude had an unbelievable move at the ball too. I mean, it was <laughs> it was like better than you know. I'd rather watch that than Harold Varner's move at the ball. No offense uh, to Harold, but believe it or not, there there are so many great. This is a great intertwining here because uh that 13th hole is where i saw the full-on john rom stare that scares me to death and that is what patrick got this morning when he asked about john rom's putting shirt you actually upset john this morning didn't you Ooh, yeah it, it wasn't great and I, I i buttered him up a little bit too i was like john you're putting the ball beautifully the last four tournaments you're gaining an average of 1.6 on the greens per round on Un- unbelievable putting and I go uh, this confidence level you have how is it different from your valley of last spring and he just looks at me and goes Ooh. I'm confident <laughs> and then across the media center a couple questions later someone goes John why do you hate getting questions about putting <laughs> wow <laughs> what, did he, what, did, what did he, he say literally, remember his answer at match play last year yeah. about yeah. strokes gained and how because he hits it 
hit so many greens, his putting will never be good, which really doesn't make any sense at all. He said the exact same thing. Pretty much. He's like, well, my ball understand how strokes gained works. He's like, my ball striking is so good that my putting statistically, it cannot be good. That's not fair. I sort of understand where he's coming from in that. Like, I I think, I think his, I don't, uh, I don't know the math on this works out, but I, I think if you're like 25 feet every time and you make one, it looks like you're, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it in a way that makes sense. But I, no, I, I, yeah, I, you're right. And I if, you're just, if you're just, av- if you hit everything to eight feet and you're just average, you're an average putter. But if you are hitting everything to 25 feet and you're making a little bit more than you should, it is probably showing that you're a much better putter than you actually are. But it yeah. doesn't just like, it doesn't flat out. It doesn't mean that you can't be a good putter if you hit it close. Like it, it's, obviously, it just means it, you go really low. <laughs> yeah, it 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 doesn't like one does not. They're they're not mutually exclusive, right? And that's that's why strokes gained exists. I mean, it would be one thing if he said like putts per. I don't know. gave gave a different putting statistic, but that like what he's saying is the reason strokes gained exists. Yeah, he said if he was a top twenty putter, he's going to win eight times this year. But he said it's wow. very hard to do. If obviously. he's a top twenty putter, I guarantee he doesn't win eight times this year. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Rick, Rory you want my credential. You want to you want to question him tomorrow? I think I think Rory was a top 20, 30 putter, and he won twice, once, twice, three. No, John Rom did waste. Three? Yeah, John Rom wasted Canada. One. Yeah, he's de- he's defending this weekend tour championship. Okay. I was thinking uh, calendar year, not season. My bad. Yeah. Uh, So go ahead, Rick, about Rom wasting. He wasted one of the best driving years ever last year. He was, he became the 13th golfer in the shot link era to gain a stroke or more off the tee. And everybody else was like average 2.9 wins, average like third on the FedEx or the money list. And he was like 15th in the FedEx cup standings. His one win was Mexico. He was like, it was like by far the worst of the, best driving seasons ever rom had a stretch i'll get this wrong but i think it was pga in 2021 through uh american express this year i think it was 10 events he lost to 35 guys total and he only won i I think once which was the u.s i mean it was a good one to win it was the u.s open but he he just he he almost like what he did is almost impossible to do which is only lose to 35 guys over 10 events and only win one of those statistically that's just very like just very difficult to do and he did it so i'm are you guys bullish or, or are you guys buying or selling rom season big buy I'm I'm buying. I, I they yeah. had the the golf today on, and they were buyer selling. If he he'll, he'll get back to world number one this year, that was their question. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's I don't care about now? that like, as much. I don't either. Is he like he, the, he's, the, the he's, world golf rankings don't mean anything anymore? So you know, yeah, just abolish them. He's fifth. Altogether. The official woke golf rankings. <laughs> he's fifth. Yeah, he is fifth. <laughs> okay. So he's got uh, I don't, Scotty, Rory, Cantlay, and. Who's three? Oh my! Yeah, who is who? Who is three? Patrick, Cam. you forgot about Cam Smith because he's on uh, live now. Because you're a PGA Tour lifer. 
Congaree would be a great course for Cam Smith, but there are a few few other names for that, Rick. Um, <laughs> I am buying John Rahm as well. I, I think that he gets a little. I don't know. It was, it was a it was a weird year for him. You know, he won Mexico. He won uh, what the Spanish Open, and I just feel like he he gets weirdly overlooked for being the caliber of player that he is. I also said he was going to win five times this year back in January and he won. Well, as of now, he's only won twice. So I guess technically he could still win five, but I, I'm, I'm buying all that to say I'm buying as well. Yeah. Uh, so am I, I will say, so I, I wrote about him today. The last time he was out of the top five was following the tooth end of 1819 season. And he went runner up at BMW PGA and won the Spanish open, which he just did again. And then he rattled up. That was kind of his ascent to world number one uh, in that COVID year, which is kind of, kind of crazy to think about that. He's just repeated that kind of the runner up and the win. That is pretty cool. Uh, do you think, Ray? Do you think Rory or Rom has a better season? So not so like twenty two, twenty three PJ Tour season. Oh boy, um, it's probably I, still I guess, Rory. I, I guess I'll say this: Do you think Rory or Rom wins more golf tournaments in twenty two, twenty three? Probably still Rory, because R- Rory is like. Um, For as much as Rory can fly under the radar and not be appreciated, he's flying under the radar and not being appreciated. Like he's that good. The guy is. You're talking about only a handful of guys that beat Rory on a regular basis, like or beat Rom during that stretch. That happens to Rory McIlroy on a regular basis. He is just as good of a driver. He is now a much improved putter. Um, He fixed the fixed the wedge thing in the second half of last year. It is like it's scary what Rory could do. Yeah, I think I think sometimes people are like, why do you always do the Rory thing? And it's like, because you don't understand how good it is. Like he, he gets a little bit. I remember back when uh, when when Fowler, this is a little bit irrelevant because Fowler's playing well again. But when Fowler and Fowler was good, he was like six in the world or, you know, whatever he was doing, having like the best years of his career. And people sort of like alumned Rory and Ricky in together. And I'm like you're not understanding like what, what this is. Right. And I, and I feel like people have done that. Not, that's not picking on Ricky. It's just people have done that with Rory and other guys throughout his career, Rory and Spieth. And there, there was a time when Spieth was like in that class, but not a, it wasn't a, as long of a window as Rory has been in that class. So I, I think that people just a little bit don't completely understand statistically or longevity wise, how difficult it is to do what he's done for 15 years. Rory could win 19 times, but if he doesn't win a major, everyone's like, nah, bad year. Tough, tough <laughs> year I mean, it's, it's, he, <laughs> he would probably say that. Uh, last, uh, since January 1, 2016, can you give me the top five ball strikers in the world? January 1, 2016. Did I even born that year? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, Rory McElroy. One. Uh, DJ. Two. John Rom, three. 2016. Pretty good, guys. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe this might come to an end here. 
Um, now, so, so I think, I think the secret here is that, uh, don't th- think more recent. So I, I, I'm thinking Morikawa and Hovland are Justin Thomas four and five Morikawa yeah. Hovland. You nailed it, Rick. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, all that, all that to say, uh, the only two guys on the PGA tour left that are, uh, above, or I guess the only four guys that are above 1.5 ball striking in that period, which 1.5, if you're not aware is a joke it's stupid it's it's unbelievable it's so it's rory rom morikawa and hovland jt's just below that zalatoris just below that can't lay just below that but that's your that's your uh cream of the crop right there yeah and zalatoris and jt are probably all almost exclusively via via the approach category right because they don't drive it as well as some as those other guys do zalatoris and JT are both about what Rama is off the tee overall. Not obviously the last year was different, but for that five-year period, six-year wow. period. There you go. Some flushers. Um, we got some news this oh, week. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They're what Morikawa is, not what Rom is. Yeah, I was, uh, I was okay. I was like, that's a little <laughs> aggressive, but hey, you're looking Morikawa at it. So. Off the tee, not, not John Rom. My bad. My bad. All good. Uh, all right, we got some news today. However, before we hit that reminder, that first cut merch. Yep, yep, yep. Twenty percent off the rest of the year. There is a link in the description if you are watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, just subscribe. Just, just do that for me. If you're listening, uh, there is a link in there as well. If you're watching, there's a QR code that Troy is showing on the screen. And the code that you need, First Cut 20, we tried First Cut 30, 40, and 50. doesn't seem to work. First Cut 20 will get you 20% off. I was trying to steal a couple extra percentages for everybody, but that'll get you your hats, shirts, sweater, sweaters, sweater weather. Maybe there's a beanie. I thought I saw a beanie in there last time. Uh, we'll have to see. Go check it out. News. The PGA Tour, according to Eamon Lynch, set to announce the four additional elevated events. Patrick, this is uh, something we knew was coming, right? That they were going to add more elevated events, but we did not know which ones. We got indication of that today. That's correct. So it is the Phoenix which is, I mean, same day as the Super Bowl. That one will be a lot of fun. Heritage, right after the Masters. Uh, Travelers, which is right after the U.S. Open. And then Wells Fargo. Uh, what what do we want to touch on? I think there's some winners, some losers. Uh, I, real quick, I think I was surprised at Phoenix. No, no surprise. Travelers, not really a surprise. It's been a good tournament for a long time. Wells Fargo makes sense. Quill Hollow, the tour loves that place. Uh, I was surprised by Hilton Head over Tory. Maybe. I think it's a. I think it's a timing issue. I think it's. I think it's later in the schedule. We have a lot of stuff to get done before Tory. We've got to get everybody's schedule on the same page, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Tory was the Saturday finish with. Uh, what is it? NFL conference championship that week as well. And that's a couple of weeks before the Super Bowl. Maybe they wanted to spread them out a little bit. Yeah. I, I, that, that could be right because you've got Riviera and, and Phoenix in February. There's only one in January, which I thought was interesting. January, I, I actually think of as kind of a heavier PGA Tour month. But, um, I, I guess part of the surprise for me is the week after the Masters. That just doesn't, it, it doesn't, 
match the rhythm in my head of, of kind of the way all of this is going to work. But uh, I mean, to that point, it's yes, going to change. Correct. So producer Troy, there's a comment from David that says such a shame not to rotate the events. That would have been fun. Well, hold on, David, hold your horses because we're under the impression that these are not going to be the same events for 2024. Now, Kyle, uh, I'll throw this back to you because we've, we've talked a lot about this. I, I think, I think in, in our ideal world, or at least in my ideal world, these four are constantly rotating. You know, John Deere is going to get a crack at it at some point to get the top players there. And 3M is going to get it at some point. I don't know if we're going to get a full on rotation, but at least these are likely to be different for 2024. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here, but I think it's better. Listen, like the tour has gotten itself into trouble here because it has too many events um, for in terms of a, like, if you want to have those events, fine. But in terms of a good product, live has exploited the fact that like, you don't, you don't need to have 47 events. Right. And so what the tour has functionally done is created two different tours. They've created the elevated events and the non-elevated events. There's 13 elevated events and there's 30 or 31 or whatever non-elevated events. And it's it's smart to consolidate your star power into those tournaments. But if you're the John Deere, the Byron Nelson, the American Express, you're like, yo, like, wait a second. What is this is not what I signed up for. But I I honestly think like I think Rick it's better. Like I live in DFW. It's better for the Byron Nelson. I think rather than just getting Spieth and Scheffler every year into perpetuity, they get everybody once every uh, three years, five years, four years. I think that's better. And you might still get Spieth and Scheffler. If the tour holds its players to this, you also have to play three uh, non-elevated events quota like that's an easy one for Spieth and Scheffler to commit to so you a little bit the players are kind of bearing the brunt they're getting paid a ton uh but they're quote-unquote bearing the brunt of like hey we're gonna play a little bit more and that's gonna really benefit a lot of these uh tournaments if they spread them around like it seems like they're going to I was worried originally Patrick that these new elevated events were just going to be whoever they called up and said, Hey, you want to give us more money so that we call the Wells Fargo championship, an elevated event, and you get guaranteed to get X, Y, and Z. I actually think here's a better plan. You sell the series, right? It's the whoop series of events or the whatever series of events. Rolex. They, yep, exactly. And they rotate courses and each year it's like, oh, what events are going to be on the, the Rolex series or whatever it ends up being? You get your extra cash and you get to go to different tournaments. Patrick, that's, I'm a genius. Rick, I think there's an opening, it's opening at HQ for you. <laughs> on a Vedras calling. Back to to Kyle's point about the DFW boys, uh, Spieth was in the press center today, and he'll he straight up said, "I guess I'm doing five weeks if that's true." Uh, he was like, "I know Zalek Torres and Scheffler would probably be in the same boat, but it might just be showing up to Jack's place there Wednesday morning, 
Tuesday night and and rolling there for a fifth week in a row. So uh, the Dallas for I didn't know Tom Kim lived in Dallas either, uh, which came came to light today as well. Him and Spieth share like every physio and coach now and every which way. Um, but I, I thought at first glance that Texas would be a loser just because why would you go there with the other tournaments around there around that time? So here's what the here's what the schedule would look like for a top player now. And Kyle, you you kind of alluded to this. So January is just the Century Tournament of Champions. Uh, February is Phoenix and Genesis. March is Bay Hill Players Championship match play. April is the Masters and the RBC Heritage. May would be Wells Fargo and the PGA Championship. June is Memorial U.S. Open, the Travelers. July is the Open Championship, and then August is your uh, playoff event, St. Jude BMW and Tour Championship. That's that's what your top player schedule is is likely to look like. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they rotate in any of the uh, European stuff in the future. The Scottish Open went from uh, wh- what was it this year? Like a what did they call it? Co-sanctioned. I mean, it was, it was co-sanctioned, but it was like a it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. That's not what they called it. They didn't call it a big deal. I, they said, "Hey, I think it's a, is it a is it a Rolex on the European side?" Probably, but like you, you have a real opportunity to. Rory's been harping on this, and I, I think I agree that. Like Liv has exploited the fact that you're not global, you know, you're, 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 you're very domestic, which I understand from a, from a sponsor perspective and like from, you know, you can get too thin going that way too. But I think to kind of pop all over the world once every two years or four, you know, whatever the number is, uh, that's, that could be valuable. You know, there, there could be some real value there, not just for quote unquote growing the game, uh, but also for you as a business entity to gain some kind of kind of global sponsorships, you know? So I'm interested to see how that plays out with the, the, uh, their alliance with, with the European tour and whether they kind of try to play into those markets a little bit as well. Cause it, it would be not just, I mean, obviously it'd be beneficial for the European tour, but I think it could, could be beneficial financially for the, for the PGA tour as well. My dream scenario is, uh, a series of events like we're kind of seeing where the top players play, but the elevated events or the swings that they go on moving. So this year it's an Asian swing. Next year it's European. Next, the year after that, it's Australia. The year after that, it's South America, whatever it is, um, figure it out, play, play three weeks in a row, get sponsors all over the place, quote unquote, grow the game, right? Like that, that's what I want. Like you could do, so, you could do the, the do the hipster swing, go to like Sand Valley and Bandon, and that'd be sick. They could do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say like Asheville, North Carolina, or something. <laughs> um, but when these like schedule changes first came out, wasn't that kind of what the PGA thought they might do? You know, this international series that they ended up. I think they scrapped it during the fall. Is that true? They put it on the back burner, at least. Yeah. But I think that's essentially what you were talking about, Rick. Yeah, I don't know if we ever got enough well, details of that, did we? But would but Rick sent that was like separate from all this, right? Or yeah. maybe it wasn't. I don't well, know. That, 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 that was weird. I, I I think Rick is saying built. You're saying this is built into this 13 elevated events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and build it, build it in. I mean, so so if you had if you had one year where 
your elevated events were Zozo, CJ Cup, and somewhere else in an Asian event. The CJ Cup was in South Korea, for example. Like that, that could be one year. And then the next year, it's Australia. the Australian Open and uh, the 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 Melbourne Championship and whatever. Right? Like, let's figure this out. We can do this. Australia would be sweet, especially I think. Kind of live missed the mark on that with only one event down there next year. Uh, yeah, is that official? Great. Have they released their schedule for next year? Who can say? Who can say? I cannot. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I don't know if they've officially released it, but I think they. I don't know. Did Did they just mention that there was one Australian event? Patrick? I saw that there was like a notepad floating around of like a potential events. Did is that what we're referring to, yeah, Patrick? Or yeah, the, the unofficial official uh, schedule that they released inadvertently. You, you, I mean, you can never tell with those guys. Yeah, and then one of the spots was just just said like North America. I was like, well, that, that narrows <laughs> yeah. it down. Yeah, they're like they're like Mexico or Canada. What do you think? Yeah, Mexico that? or Canada. That's what it was. Yeah, Mexico or Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, that's incredible. It, it does make me. I mean, listen, like. I I think there's real excitement over th- th- this is effectively the tour um, cutting its season in half a little bit in terms of what ca- casual fans are going to pay attention to in terms of what we are really, really going to cover. You know, I, there, there's going to be a, a you know, I, I think before you kind of covered everything f- not mostly the same other than the majors and the players. And now there's going to be like Memorial week. It's going to be like, yo, this is, this is massive. You know, this is a, this is a big deal. Whereas before it was like Rom and Rory. And remember when we came out of COVID and everybody played everything, yeah. that's what this is going to be like yeah. spread out over the, over the course of the season. And I think there's, I think there's real excitement around that. I like being excited about golf. So I, yeah. I like this. Um, anything else before we move on to Congaree? Okay. Speaking of a lot of players in one spot, I don't, I don't, what is it? 15, the top 20 players in the world are at Congaree. Uh, Patrick, you're there. This is kind of a unique, uh, venue. It's a unique club, but it's also unique in the fact that we have, the uh, a golf course that is an infant by golf course standards it's only five years old and we have one year's worth of history but it wasn't this event it wasn't played in october we had the one-off 2021 palmetto championship garrick higo would go on to win that it was in june of 2021 so kind of i don't know maybe a different vibe maybe a different feel but a lot of big names there i'm i'm really interested to see kind of how these stronger players will 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 play Congaree just because, like I said, the elevation changes are pretty dramatic. It's going to be much colder. It's still going to be pretty firm and fast out there, which is how it's supposed to play. Uh, the fairways are really wide, but there are chances for some of these longer hitters to cut corners, which Higo did uh, from time to time. Dustin Johnson did as well, uh, and really kind of separate themselves, give themselves a really big advantage going into these greens. And the greens are pure they're like glass out there the runoff areas i I was watching billy horschel and tommy fleetwood chip uh for like 10 minutes today and they left plenty of balls at their feet just rolling back down to them so uh but outside of that i'm interested to see if you know maybe someone like a victor hovland decides to putt around these greens i know we talked about him a decent amount uh last week for the zozo championship i think that could be an avenue through which you could get up and down somewhat effectively just because 
the transition from these fringes and runoff areas to the greens they're i mean they're they're pretty sweet pretty seamless i'm not gonna lie uh but but like i said the advantage for these longer hitters i watched brendan todd and keith mitchell hit back to back on a hole and brendan todd went about 40 yards left of keith mitchell just because that's his line to carry a bunker uh so it might be a lot of that for might be a long week as well for some of these uh shorter hitters Okay, so bomb it out there and uh, take your chances. Kyle, there's essentially zero rough on this golf course. There's barely any first cut. Uh, freaking first cut. You you have to if you're if you're not in those big wide fairways, you're in sand. You're in uh, like a marshy area. You might be stymied by trees. This this is a Fazio design that's supposed to kind of resemble some of the the sand belt courses in Australia. Yeah, I was gonna say, does it does it remind you at all? At, I know you probably haven't been to all these places, Patrick, but does it remind you of all? Is it Pinehursty? Is it Trinity Foresty? Is it like those are the those are the I know those are two very different courses, but the that those are kind of the PGA tour types of places that I think of when I envision this course in my head. Is there, is there anything there in terms of comps to those? It, it honestly reminds me a ton of quail hollow, but without the rough it's sand. Like if you just replace quail hollow with, you know, sandy areas off the fairways, I think it's like verbatim the exact same. Okay. So, so maybe more, like bom- like balmy than than a pinehurst or and especially like a trinity forest yeah i think the advantage for some of these longer guys is extremely uh significant interesting i i love the way it looks rick i you know i i remember the uh the chess and hadley <laughs> the oh, chess and hadley open uh i guess that was last year right before the u.s open uh dj was in it uh, I believe for a while, uh, Terrell Hatton, I think was in it. I remember he, he played the course. It was something like he didn't make a birdie and he shot under par, which was just outrageous. I think he made, if I'm remembering this right, you can look it up. I think he made 16 pars, a bogey and an Eagle and played the, and played the round under par. I'm, uh, it was something like that. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I think it's, listen, it's a unique course. I don't know if it's a great course, but I think seeing some of the best players, Rom, Spieth, uh, Rory play a unique course is going to be interesting. I'm probably the most intrigued I've been by any tournament this fall. Uh, this weekend, just because you got some great players at a, at a different course. Yeah, th- this is the event of the fall, right? I mean, we're going to go to Mayakoba. There's going to be Houston, but with the strength of feel like this is this is the best event of the fall, I imagine. Has to be. Is that mm-hmm. that's fair? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what round do you think Terrell Hatton did that in? Oh, I see it. Third. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Second. Okay. So he is, this is so good. <laughs> First he is fourth. Such, he is so sick. Okay. So here's here's the round. A. Uh, <laughs> a four under 68 with zero birdies. Okay. There you uh, go. So he made 14 pars, a double on a par five and three Eagles. Oh, three Eagles. Oh my okay. God. What a madman! <laughs> How crazy is that? He made no bogeys and no birdies and shot 68. Uh, two of the Eagles were back to back, 15 and 16. So he hit it into a native area on 15 and hold it from 20 yards away. And then on 16, he hit it in the middle of the fairway and hold out from 107. Four shots and two par fours. Absurd. Love to see it. 
Okay. Uh, let's continue this conversation, but in terms of cash money, we will give out some bets, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. And we're back. Troy, could you uh, grace us with the uh, standings for our first cut money made? Oh, thank you uh, very much. This sucks. For whom? Me. Okay. And Patrick, but mostly me. <laughs> I have been ice cold. Uh, in Kyle's defense, I believe this is only one full week and a best bet at the President's Cup. Yeah, this is my third time to to participate here. Patrick, I cannot say the same for you. <laughs> uh, it's 10 in a row. 10 losing bets in a row for Patty. <laughs> Patty Ice, really? Yeah, Ice, yeah, ice yeah. Patty, I think is the, the, the yeah the the real the real Patty Ice. All right, well here we go. Uh, this is how we do this. So we take our hundred nuggets over to Caesar Sportsbook. We put fifty of them on any matchup that we want. Thirty of them on any finishing position that we want. Ten on one outright. Ten on another. And uh, Patrick, we're just going to go right to you here because I've uh, filed for a restraining order. You have a something against Tom Kim that I'm a little bit worried about. Three straight weeks, you have opted to fade him in your matchup. I said last week that I would die on this hill, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go back to it until I think statistically I am due for a uh, win in this one, and yes. I think is this that is how the statistics per- work. Yeah, uh, it's I'll, like, I'll it's ask like, John Rom. I'll ask John Rom about about <laughs> it's it. Like, it's like five five reds in a row on on roulette. That black is due, baby. I'm sure. due, and I don't think you could pick a better course for Cameron Young given. The advantage he'll have off the tee, I, th- I think it's just an ideal fit for him. And I, the opposite could be said of Tom Kim, uh, just because his weakness, if he has one, is kind of the lack of pop off the tee. So you're giving me plus money on Cameron Young over Tom Kim. I will take it, and I will pray to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that finally this fate of Tom Kim comes through. This looks like 11 in a row for you, Patrick. Coming up here, here, Cam Young. Cam Young plus 105 over Tom Kim. Uh, KP, you also found yourself a a plus 105 matchup. Who is it, please? Yeah, I got Russell Henley over Mito Pereira. Uh, Henley's been hitting it great. Mito's been hitting it pretty well, too. But Mito's been kind of up and down. You know, he'll, he'll, you know, his last five or so events, a couple outside the top 50, some missed cuts, also some top 10 finishes. But I just, I don't know. It's so easy when you're looking at these numbers to fall in love with guys like Keegan and Russell Henley, who just hit it so good week after week after week. The putting has been obviously, per the usual, not very good with Russell Henley, but uh, I do really like him this week. 
Henley over Mito Pereira, and I'll go make it a clean sweep with plus 105 numbers. Mine's Matt Fitzpatrick over Scotty Scheffler. I just think uh, you get well-rounded. Matty Fitzpatty finished T10 at this golf course when it was the Palmetto Championship. He's playing much better now. Scotty Scheffler, he's fine. Not as He could lose. He could not be the number one player in the world after this week. You guys aware of that? Rory what's, the, what's the scenario? How, how does that happen? Rory wins or finishes second. Scotty has to play bad, I believe, as well. Okay. Like, it has to be a pretty poor finish. Uh, last 20 rounds leading into this, second best ball striker in the field, Scotty Scheffler. Number one is Corey Connors, who I wouldn't touch with, like, a 30-foot pole. But Scheffler's been – he wasn't great at the President's Cup, but other than that, he's been – He's still been solid. Yeah, he hasn't putted as well, but I mean, he was not going to continue. He was not going to continue four wins in seven events putting-wise. Yeah, I think his two two events that he gained strokes over the summer were the Schwab and the U.S. Open. And he he lost his playoff and came in second. (laughs) (laughs) So if he gains strokes putting, it's over. It's a wrap. He will uh, add to his number one ranking. Also Uh, the the BMW and he finished T3. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So just putt well. That's all it is. Finishing position. Anything we want, though, we found three. What are we? How, did we do this? Top t- three top 20s. All of them are plus 170. That was not by design. That is a coincidence. Uh, KP, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm riding Tom Hoagie. I was on him pretty hard last week at the Zozo. Uh, he's hitting it so, so good right now. He's been, oh, I don't have his numbers in front of me. His last three finishes, T9, T4, T12. Before that, it was 10th at the Tour Championship. So, Four straight top 12s, hitting it great. I'm not scared of the better field. Tour Championship was a great field, albeit a smaller field. But uh, I like him at, at the uh, at the plus 170. Plus 170 for Tom Hoagie to finish inside the top 20. And plus 170 for Keith Mitchell, Patrick, to finish inside the top 20. Yeah, there's a theme here. Long off the tee. Uh, one of the best off the tee players on the PGA Tour. And I like that he knocked the rust off in Vegas. Uh, he was there heading into the weekend, kind of faded. Uh, T60 there. And Mitchell's a sneaky Tom Fazio specialist. Four top tens in uh, seven starts on these courses. Was right there at the Summit Club last year. Has played Quail Hollow well uh, throughout his career as well. So plus 170, top 20 in a field of 78 players. I, I like for Keith Mitchell. I got a DM about Keith Mitchell, though. I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure how much I can divulge here. Also, um, Sneaky, I think one of the best dressed players on the PGA Tour. For sure. Do you... I was looking at Keith Mitchell, and there was some reason that I didn't... His numbers are good. Uh, why didn't I take him? Iron play, probably. I don't like the visor. Well, he hasn't... Are you worried that he hasn't finished inside the top... 25 since the travelers Kyle there's a a theme to my pick and I think he is statistically due to finish in that case yes Uh, no honestly honestly no I mean he didn't put any of those events closing down the summer anyway and I I like him in this part of the country back on Bermuda so Keith uh, Mitchell Keith Mitchell played Congaree three weeks ago and shot a 63 okay does that does that sway you or, or like tour pros just shoot 63s anywhere they go in practice rounds? Yeah, that doesn't do a lot for me. I, I'm more <laughs> on the fact that he's been uh, really he, he well, this is 
always true, but he's been really good off the tee recently. And if that has as much uh, influence on this event as Patrick thinks it will, then I, I could be talked into a top 20. My top 20 is Emiliano Grillo because he is uh, a whole new player. He's he's, baby. He's, he's been kind of feeling himself. He should. He's been money. Think think about all the times he went home and put his head on a pillow and said, God, if I just putted well today, I would have I would have won this thing. And now he's finally doing it. I'd be sniffing myself too. Sniffing yourself? Yeah. I, I don't is that a phrase? Like, like I've I, never heard like that I'm one sniffing, before. I'm sniffing, my, I'm sniffing myself. I don't stink. Like I, I you know, I'm the guy. Okay, his last I've never heard that. His last uh <laughs> four finishes, he was fourth at the Zozo, T73, T5 at Sanderson, T25 at Fortnite. And then the six before that, he had uh he had two top two finishes, John Deere and 3M. Those are lesser tournaments, but man, just a lot of Also, he hasn't lost strokes putting since the Travelers. Yes, correct. 8 in a row. We don't have the Zozo numbers, but eight in a row. Wow. That's stunning. Thank you. I guess that's why he's been on leaderboards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, outrights. We get two of them. Mine, Spieth and Hatton. Uh, just go back to the well with Hatton. Played well here last time. His results worldwide in the last five are probably better than they appear. And then Spieth. Wide fairways, creativity, um, coming off a 5-0-0 President's Cup. He won 12 starts ago. He's been great. Like, yeah, let's go. Spieth, Spieth wins this, I think. Pretty confident. I, I, I'm with you with the Spieth take as well. Uh, and I feel like his added distance hasn't really gotten enough attention because he is long now. Uh, and that, that win 12 weeks ago or 12 starts ago, whatever you just said, uh, in the state of South Carolina as well. So I like the speed. I'm on him at 28 to one as well. And then I know creativity and short game is going to be needed, but I think Victor Hovland could get around this place kind of in the same manner that he did at St. Andrews, where he was able to almost hide his short game was And the short game. Hasn't even been that bad lately. He's gained in four out of his last six starts and he's a really underrated putter, uh, especially as of late and he great driver, great ball striker. So I, I felt inclined to bet him at 22 to one as well. He got off to a slow start on Sunday at the Zozo. And I still thought there was a moment where if he just rattled off a, like two birdies late that the rest of the field could have came back to him because that final group was, was not trying to win that golf tournament. Yeah. Rick, Rick, what, uh, what football game were you at when you were watching the Zozo? <laughs> UNLV versus air force. Oh, you want, you want to know what the final score burner. was? 40, uh, uh, 42 to 7 Air Force. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think they had one passing attempt. They just run the triple option. And uh, let me tell you, the Rebs, the running Rebs, not ready for it. They all, Who's the golf version of Air Force? <laughs> what, what's, what are the comps? Uh, <laughs> like somebody who uh, who's like really short off the tee and just like might be Tom Kim. Maybe the old version of Matt Fitzpatrick. Peak, peak Webb Simpson. Denny Mc Oh yeah. Denny McCarthy. Uh, remember Webb when Brendan Todd went back to back? <laughs> Webb Simpson was, was like, it's still kind of startling. If you can filter even over like the last five years, four years, and he's one of the like seven best players in the world. 
and yeah. nobody would think that. It, it was a quick. It was a quick fall from grace. I think it was yeah, uh, injury related, and then just I don't know. Hasn't been able to find it since then. Yeah, I mean, those guys, uh, DJ has been impressive because he's almost 40 and he's, well, he's a couple years away from being 40 and he's mostly kept it up. But I don't know. It's, it's not, I think Tiger and Phil have kind of normalized being great into your 40s. And it's hard, you know, um, Adam Scott's struggled a little bit with it. it. It's it's a difficult thing to do. And Webb is getting getting closer to that. So uh, outrights, I've got Scheffler and Sungjae. Sungjae has been awesome. I was surprised to see him. I thought he'd be more like 15, 16 to one. I think he should be more in that maybe can't lay ish range. And then I think Scheffler is a little undervalued at 12. I thought he would be nine or 10. I think Rory at uh, what is he 13 to two plus six fifty is, I mean, I, he's been great. That's a little short for me. I, I think, I think, I think Rory being the favorite provides a little cover for Scheffler being a little bit too long. Yeah. There's just this, this deep a field tough to tough to pull a trigger on a plus 650 no matter no matter how good they are anything yeah. else here no here's what we'll do uh we've got our money balls to get to that's our best bet we take 50 bucks we put it on literally anything that we want we are going to do that on the other side and we're back money ball uh, do we have the standings for this thank you very much oh there they are great so things are going splendid for 25% of us. <laughs> uh, Patrick, you have opted to take your $50 in which you can put it on anything that you want in the whole world. And you chose a 16 to one wager. What is it, please? I did. And, and many might suggest that I'm chasing, but I'm not. I'm not. I, who, I who might you. suggest that? Your your conscience? Uh, the the losers and haters of which there are many of. <laughs> <laughs> but sixteen to one. I know we just said his name. Six and a half to one might be a little too short, but sixteen to one to lead after the first day, first round leader, Rory McElroy. Best player in the world at the moment. He dominates Tom Fazio designs, three time winner at Quail. Uh defending champion at the summit club and he led round one scoring last year average 68 uh, and i think it's just all lining he's playing so damn good right now that i wanted you know some exposure on rory and i thought this market was a good way to to get that kp you yeah. have gone back to mr hoagie yeah. I just keep riding that train. Um, I took a look. I actually took a look at the Rory first round leader thing. I, I hadn't looked at your pick, Patrick, but I thought both him and Rom uh, were, were in, interesting uh, as the first round leader. But ultimately, I went Tom Hoagie top 20. Uh, laid out laid out my reasons earlier. He hasn't finished outside the top 20 in several events. He's hitting it great. Not scared of the good field, I think. Um, his iron play has been amongst the best in the field and he just is undervalued because his name's Tom Hoagie. And, uh, that's what I'm trying to take advantage of. In what world does Tom Hoagie not have a Wawa sponsorship? <laughs> is Wawa a sandwich shop? Oh, oh, oh KP. Oh. Scenes I, just, yeah, oh. I just take the whole thing back. Maybe that. Maybe this is go. why he doesn't have one. <laughs> what? 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 What is? What is? What? What am I missing here? I mean, I guess technically it's like a gas station convenience store, but yes, it's like a made-to-order. I don't know, like sheets. Do you have a sheets? 
No, I don't know what Sheets is. Oh, boy. Um, Patrick, anything? Is there a place? Go ahead. We have Jersey Mike's. Okay. Um. Okay. Imagine if Jersey Mike's was inside a gas station. We have have Bucky's. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I think that's probably the most similar. (laughs) Okay. Wawa's like, KP, Wawa's, uh, if you tell someone from Philly you don't know what Wawa is, they might. uh, (laughs) You're lucky. You're lucky Philly fans are in a good mood right now, Kyle. We would have shanked you for For sure. You got got Bryce Harper, you got Joel Embiid, you got the. You got the J- Jalen Hurts, who I didn't think would ever play in the NFL, was six and zero. It's just, you, you can't be mad at me for not knowing what Wawa is. I can't be mad at anything right now. So no, you, you gotta <laughs> you, you get a pass this time around. Yeah, it's uh, okay, or maybe like a Subway sponsorship, or maybe like a Subway, I don't know. Subway's marketing budget has to be just like just uh, insane. Have you seen who they who they've gotten on their commercials? They get like. I don't know if they got Ru- Russell Wilson. Uh, JJ Watt. Did, was he doing Subway Steph, stuff? Steph Curry. Barkley. Romo. You know what I think it is? What? I think it's, I think they can say, hey, listen, we'll just give you a million dollars or whatever it is. And we need you for like two hours. And they stand them in front of a green screen, hold it. And they say, mm, I love Subway. Like, I think it's a really light day of work. Simone Biles. Yeah, I haven't eaten Subway in a long, long time. Is it? Is it Simone Biles? I, I think I, I think about Subway every day, and I haven't been there in a decade. You think about Subway Why, every yeah. day? Why? Well, because I like hoagies, and I, I mean they're everywhere. I see them constantly, but I haven't, you, I haven't, I haven't gone in. Do you, have you been to a Jersey Mike's? Yeah, I like Jersey Mike's. Do you think they're underrated, overrated, properly rated? Uh, they're definitely way better than Subway is. I think they're properly rated. I think, I think as far as chain sandwich shops go, that's they're they're on the upper end. Okay, I think that's I think that's. I'd, right. I'd agree with that. What about a uh, Firehouse Subs? I think it's overrated. I it's not too. that good. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I. I that. That style is not for me. What do they do? Steam it or whatever? They steam it. That's their whole thing, right? Oh, I don't uh, know. I just remember like the cherry limeade. They try to push on you like aggressively. They're like, "We have the best cherry limeade." It's like, I'm just trying to get a water, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good, bro. <laughs> what, what else? What else is on the upper end of of hoagie hoagie land hoagie world? Oh. Uh, um, uh, pot belly. Pot oh, okay, I, that's exactly what pot I was going to say, good. but I didn't know how I didn't know how big they were. Yeah, they're they're good. I see them in airports, so I assume they're fairly sizable. Properly rated. Good, uh, good milkshakes too with the cookies yeah. on the straw. Yeah. Firehouse Subs uh, incorporates a sandwich steamer with a drawer taking the place of a clamshell top, and that's how they do their meat. That sounds like just a. Uh, that's uh, just sounds like marketing. It's like it's like uh, Greek yogurt. People are like, "Oh, I had some Greek yogurt today." <laughs> You're like, "Can you can you tell me the difference between regular yogurt and Greek yogurt?" You can't because you don't know. Like you have no clue. Ah, straight from Santorini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's outrage. It's an outrageous marketing ploy by big yogurt to get us to buy more dairy. That's even like uh, like chicken when they say that it's like organic or whatever, or like farm raised, and they have like a one by one foot of space for the chicken to roam, <laughs> in. and and it's like oh they're free roaming, <laughs> they're free to roam this square foot. 
yeah. all kinds of stuff to, because it sounds like Greek yogurt sounds cooler and healthier than regular yogurt. I I legit thought it was, yeah, man. And tell me, tell me the difference between regular <laughs> yogurt and Greek yogurt. I do, I don't know. I you don't know. know. Nobody does. <laughs> the probiotics. Not. I don't know. Who who can say? I mean, you're, you're not alone. I have no I have no idea. But people talk about it all the time. <sighs> um, top Canadian Adam Hadwin. That's mine. <laughs> I didn't have a I didn't have a good segue back. <laughs> that's my favorite that's my favorite moment in first history. <laughs> that's so good. Oh boy. Can you name the other Canadians in the field? Adam Hadwin plus one twenty five. I keep thinking Taylor Montgomery is Canadian. Why do I think that? Uh you're confused. He's from Las Vegas. <laughs> They hit me with a uh, Taylor Montgomery, Aaron Wise matchup, which just pissed me off because I wanted to take both of them. And I, you know, it's tough. It is tough. Uh, is is Mackenzie Hughes? Nope. Uh, Corey Connors. That's one. Um. Oh, well, I'm looking at the comments. Taylor, Taylor Pendrith. It's, no, the comments are wrong. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's Tyler Pendrith, actually, for, for the comments. No, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's only Corey Connors. There's only two Canadians in the field. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so this is basically a Adam Hadwin versus Corey Connors matchup. Adam Hadwin plus one. You, you said earlier, Kyle, you wouldn't touch Corey Connors with a 30-foot pole, and I agree. I, I don't know what I'm getting. It's been horrible. Bad putting, for sure. Lock that in. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anything else, gentlemen? That's the concludes the Moneyball portion of the show. It concludes the sandwich portion of the show. Anything else before we put a bow on it? We uh we might have uh, screwed up with Big Food sponsoring any other future episodes for for this podcast, but uh. I'm not going to apologize. I I just recorded an ad, so I can assure you the money's still coming in from Big Food momentarily. Also, that's why they want you in Ponte Vedra. You know, we 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 haven't besmirched Chipotle. Rick and I are on the Chipotle corner. So if they if they want to if they want to sponsor us, then please be our guest. Yes, Chipotle wise, are you guys? You add salad dressing. What the vinaigrette that they have? To your Chipotle order. I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> All right. Ne- next time, just get it. It comes on the side, little container. Just ask for uh, it. For it. I, th- I think I've seen that. I'd rather do that than queso. Do you put it on your burrito? Uh, I- I'm a I'm a bowl type of guy. And yeah, I'll, I'll drizzle it on. Just try it and get back to me. We should have a food only pod someday and then talk a little golf at the end. (laughs) (laughs) It'd probably get better, better reviews. Uh, Real real quick. I do want to say this. I floated this on Twitter today. It might be a stupid idea, but we didn't get to talk live on Sunday. And I think maybe the major, there's been a lot of like live major OWGR just stuff. And I think maybe the major should extend an invite to the top five live players. And I don't think they should. What I mean by that is like the top five on the live money list get into the majors. And if that's guys that are already qualified, sorry, like 
so be it. If that if that's guys like Cam Smith and DJ that are already in, then those are just the guys that are in. And I've, I'm not I don't block everybody else. I don't say Phil can't play the Masters because he's not in the top five on live. He's a he's a Masters champion, so he gets in. But it gives you it gives them a pathway into the majors and maybe forges some compromise where there hasn't been any over the last seven months. I I think I saw you float this and I'm I'm completely fine with this, right? I think I think I'm at the point where it's very clear that uh yeah, they're the second best tour in the world and that the majors should have the best players in it. And the whole system the whole system's made up. Everything is made up, right? The PGA Tours qualification is completely made up. Everything's completely made up. The majors, this this argument about the OWGR could just be fixed if the majors just said, yeah, okay, well, we'll like, that's fine. Top five guys get in. I I saw someone else. I think when we did a big live recap, we talked talked about this very shortly, but yeah, I'd be about that as well. But I saw someone float the, the OWGR should just be axed and i've i'm starting to come around on it yeah that's fine ax it i don't care i mean it it's it's i think the frustrating part is that it's actually somebody said this uh, maybe on no line up it's it's actually a pretty good system and you like it's a it's a cool way to sort of determine the best players across a bunch of different tours in the world which is unique to golf and like one organization is going to disrupt that because they're whiny and annoying. But like, I don't, I don't really care that much about the OWGR. I, I mean, don't take my, my data golf and Rick run good rankings, but take the OWGR and implement different paths to, I mean, the, the, who, who is it? The PGA championship doesn't even use OWGR for, for its fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's money list. Yeah, fine. Uh, include the top five on live, include the top 10 on European, and let's get on with it. One thing that we didn't end up talking about because we were they were in a playoff and we didn't know how long it was going to last, so we wrapped up. One of the things that we talked about when Brooks Kepka first went to live is that the knee might be a lot worse than he had kind of been leading on, which which would make a lot more sense for why he goes. You get a guaranteed payout. If you need surgery, maybe you do it on Liv's dime as opposed to like a completely merit-based system. And then he made some comments afterwards that um, made me think that was more the case is that he really did not know the future of his body and he cashed it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, he all, he, he just always says conflicting things. He says, oh, well, I got I need a knee replacement in two years or wh- whatever the, I don't think he put a number on it, but I need a knee replacement soon. Also, this is the best, best I've felt in like forever. And you're like, yeah. well, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, where do I enter into like, have like, wh- what is reality? You know, I, I just, yeah, you're I, right. I, I don't know. He, he's always contradicting himself unreliable narrator anything else okay that'll Coach do it. Boy. <laughs> you got that right uh, <laughs> mega preview pod has concluded we'll be back on sunday to recap the cj cup 
with hopefully a really great winner and compelling story and great golf course and everything in between. But for now, big thanks to Bruce Detroit as all the hard work behind the scenes. That is Patrick McDonald who, uh, Hey, maybe you'll see out there at Congaree this week. What if, if someone comes up to you and asks for a photo, would you take it or would you like, you know, Pete Rose charge him for a photo and an autograph? Yeah, I think it's 15 for a photo, 25 for both. I don't think you can be an amateur status anymore if you charge for photos. And, and I'll, I'll, cha- I'll change my name to professional status. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Porter, CBS on Twitter for KP. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. Catch you next time.